If an incident happens, it's really important to ensure that it's handled personally and professionally. We often see incidents escalate because they haven't been handled well up front and the patient feels like the pharmacist is maybe focused more on providing excuses and explanations rather than simply apologising. So learning from those incidents can be really, really important moving forward as well. Hi, I'm Hayley Smiley, Professional Officer at PDL, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Focusing on pharmacy management and ownership, the PDCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. As more services and procedures are introduced into pharmacy, so is the chance that something eventually goes wrong and an incident report must be made. Today, we speak with Hayley Smiley from PDL, the person on the other side of the incident reports. As a professional officer and a pharmacist herself, Hayley has a lot of knowledge when it comes to handling incidents and other tricky situations that a pharmacist might eventually encounter. For example, how do you decide which one of your patients receives a life-saving drug when there's a shortage, but others need it too? Or how do you handle a situation where a key employee is caught participating in unethical behaviour? Hayley has the answer to all of those questions and more, and here she is right now. Hayley, welcome to the show. It's great to have you join us. I think it'd be great to start by setting the scene a little bit. As such, could you let us know what the mission is or or maybe the purpose of PDL and how it supports pharmacists in their professional roles? PDL are dedicated to supporting our pharmacist members throughout their entire professional life uh, with market-leading professional indemnity insurance and risk management advice. We offer professional indemnity insurance and also incident management guidance, and we also offer strategies for reducing risk across the profession. You're currently working as a pharmacist professional officer at PDL. What does that specific role entail? What are your responsibilities day to day? It's quite a wide-ranging role, and it involves member support following an incident, offering of advice on ways of minimising errors and incidents moving forward after an incident. I also look at answering queries from members about the greyer areas of pharmacy practice, Um, and the PDL professional officers also write practice alerts for PDL members based on current issues. And we also have a number of other publications that we put out around risk management, incident management resources, such as the Guide to Good Dispensing and the Guide to Incident Management. Listening to you speak there, it's clear that your role would provide you with great oversight into the current risks in pharmacy. Have you maybe noticed any emerging trends within the pharmacy profession in terms of risks? Look, absolutely. We um, constantly see change in the pharmacy profession, particularly around increasing scope of practice. Um, So incidents relating to vaccination, although pharmacists have uh, provided many millions of vaccines um, and the error rate is extremely low, we have seen um, incidents arising in this area. Another area of emerging practice where, again, we're starting to see some incidents come through is around supply of medicinal cannabis. Um, And PDL has just published a practice alert that goes out to our members on this around considerations for pharmacists. 
And alongside those new emerging areas, we do continue to see our old standard incidents coming through still around medications being handed out to the wrong patients, hacking errors relating to dose administration aids, and also drug selection errors, particularly with handwritten scripts. When it comes to mitigating the risks that you see day in, day out, what are some of the most probably important steps that a pharmacist can take? Ensuring that you have robust procedures in place for areas of higher risk is of utmost importance. So in the area of dose administration, age packing um, and emerging services such as vaccination and other clinical services that we're providing. When you start providing a new service, you need to ensure that you consider any possible risks, review the guidelines and the legislation around providing the service and have a plan that's communicated to all staff not just the pharmacists, because it is important for every staff member in the pharmacy to be on, on board if an incident or if, if a service is being rolled out across the pharmacy. In those new areas, if an incident happens, it's really important to ensure that it's handled personally and professionally. We often see incidents escalate um, because they haven't been handled well upfront and the patient feels like the pharmacist is maybe focused more on providing excuses and explanations rather than simply apologising. So learning from those incidents can be really, really important um, moving forward as well. So Hayley, what about the opposite? Are there things that pharmacists sometimes don't do, aren't paying attention to, or, or maybe they neglect that just puts them at unnecessary risk? Not being across the current legislation, and particularly if they move from one state to another state um, of practice and the legislation is different from state to state, um, certainly not being across that and also not um, having robust procedures in place. All of those things can put them at increased risk. I want to come back to those comments you made about incidents before. Why is it crucial for pharmacy incidents to be reported to PDL and how does PDL ensure that valuable insights from those incidents actually end up being able to contribute to continuous improvement within the pharmacy profession? Firstly, it's a requirement of the professional indemnity policy to report all incidents that can result in a claim against the policy. So it comes back to insurance purposes, um, firstly. But in saying that, all incidents that are reported to PDL are reviewed by the PDL professional officers, such as myself, and we provide support and advice to pharmacists individually straight away after the incident occurs. So this could be assistance with responding to the patient or an upset doctor, or even responding to a regulatory notification from a body such as APRA. On a broader scale though, um, reporting incidents to PDL is an opportunity to contribute to risk management across the profession because we um, review all the incident reports uh, once they're de-identified and we analyse them to look at some of the trends that are coming through um, and areas where PDL can provide additional education or greater clarity to the broader profession to reduce the risk of errors in the future. And so Hayley, just to bring it right to the fore, maybe put people's minds at ease. When you're sharing information and learnings around incidents, is that anonymised? Absolutely it is. So there's parts of the form that have patient details and information about pharmacists who are reporting those, 
those that information is separated from the details about the types of incidents so that we can collate that information and aggregate it and then look at the trends without knowing who specifically reported the incident to us. Besides risk management, something that is crucial in pharmacy is adhering to a code of ethics. And so I thought it would be a good opportunity to run through a handful of different scenarios. So I've got four here that a pharmacist might reasonably expect to encounter at some point during their professional career and and discuss best how to handle them. The first scenario is a patient is consistently refusing to take their prescribed medication and it's against a pharmacist's professional judgment. How does a pharmacist balance respecting the patient's uh, autonomy while addressing the potential harm caused by non-adherence? That's a really challenging situation to find yourself in as a pharmacist. And look, I really believe open communication, trying to view the situation from the patient's perspective, trying to be non-judgmental, and trying to explore collaborative solutions is the best way to begin approaching the situation. So it is important if a patient's going to refuse to take those medications that they're properly informed about the risks associated with not taking their medication. So for example, if a patient is not wanting to take a medication prescribed for stroke prevention, obviously this is going to result in an increased risk of them having a stroke in the future. It's really important that they understand the risks they're taking uh, by not having their medications. It can be made a little bit more complicated if the patient has a guardian or carer that is appropriately authorised to make medical decisions on their behalf. And in that situation, it is always best to involve the guardian or carer in that conversation around informed consent. And then that can later be worked out with the prescriber as well. Ultimately, at the end of the day, patients are able to make their own decisions about treatment and can choose, unfortunately, not to take their medications. In the event that this occurs, we would strongly recommend documenting that discussion around informed consent with the patient and taking any additional steps that you believe are needed to reduce the risk of harm moving forward to the patient. So if you feel it's appropriate to reach out to the prescriber to have a conversation with them about the risks of the patient's decision, um, look, it is something that needs to be done thoughtfully and cautiously, particularly with the um, consideration of the Privacy Act um, and whether the disclosure is reasonably needed for the patient's safety and or whether the um, consent is actually needed from the patient to have that conversation. But certainly if you are in a situation like that, you can give us a call at PDL and we can then talk you through all of the options that are available to you. Great advice and, and great to know too that you can just pick up the phone and, and talk to you guys. Second scenario is, let's say you're a pharmacy manager and a pharmaceutical company offers substantial financial incentives for promoting their brand. How would you navigate the potential conflict of interest between the financial benefit and the ethical obligation to provide unbiased recommendations to patients? Our advice is always to put the patient's health and safety first and to consider each patient and situation in a case-by-case basis. Um, In that circumstance, we would recommend first referring to any existing policies and procedures 
having a look at the available evidence and evaluating that critically, and then having transparent communication with the patient around whether it actually is suitable for the patient when considering allergies or potential bioequivalence issues, whether changing a brand is actually in their best interest or is it likely to cause greater confusion to the patient? Are they elderly and are they likely to get more confused? And realistically, is there actually a financial benefit or impact to the patient? While it may be a financial incentive to the pharmacy, it may not have a trade-off benefit for the patient. So it is always best to put the patient first in that decision-making process and consider declining incentives if it's not appropriate. Scenario three is due to a sudden shortage, you may, as a pharmacist, decide how to allocate a limited supply of, let's say, a life-saving medication among multiple patients who need it. How would you ethically and, and also, really importantly, transparently make decisions about who's going to receive the medication? This is an extremely difficult and also a very sensitive situation that needs to be handled carefully and transparently. I think initially you could investigate how much medication each person has and have a conversation with their prescribers if any of the patients could appropriately be treated with an alternative therapy. If not, and then you're looking at your remaining patients, establishing clear allocation criteria, um, engaging multidisciplinary approaches and perspectives, so getting the broader team involved, reassessing and reevaluating throughout that and providing transparent communication. Another option is to potentially consider providing smaller quantities of the medication on an equal basis to each of the patients with the plan to reassess as the supply diminishes. The fourth and final scenario is, and this doesn't sound like a fun one at all, but to be fair, none of them have sounded fun. <laughs> and I suppose that's why they're challenging and why we're putting them in front of you. But you become aware as a pharmacist that a member of your pharmacy team is diverting prescription medications for personal use. However, this member is also a really good friend of yours and, and they've promised that they're not going to do it again once you called them out on it. Up until this incident, they have been a really good employee. How would you address this situation while balancing the, the loyalty that you might feel towards your really good friend to ensure both accountability and also a positive ethical climate within your pharmacy? Look, this is a very difficult situation to manage because it involves and will likely impact on your personal relationship with the team member. The action that needs to be taken will depend on whether the team member is a registered health practitioner or not. It will also depend on your relationship and whether you're a colleague or whether you're the employer of the team member. First and foremost, it is really important to consider the welfare and well-being of the team member involved and ensure that they are referred to appropriate support and medical care. Secondly, separation of professional and personal roles is critical in this situation um, and approaching the situation by communicating honestly and holding them accountable is really, really important. If there's management at your organisation, say as a hospital or a group of pharmacies, we would recommend seeking direction from management at the institution about what steps to take next. After all of that's done, um, you need to manage the broader risk to the team. So it's really important to review the pharmacy processes 
and modify anything that allowed this situation to occur in the first place. So review of things like staffing, supervision and access to these medications all need to be reviewed and um, changed if they pose risks moving forward. Unfortunately, if the person diverting the prescription medicine is a health practitioner, you may need to make a notification to APRA if you consider that they may be putting the public safety at risk. In this situation, we would recommend reviewing the guidelines for mandatory notifications published by APRA while considering the individual situation that you have. There are two different types of notifications, both of which can be made if you're concerned about a health practitioner. Um, these are voluntary or a mandatory notification. Um, anybody can make a voluntary notification about a health practitioner, but by law, registered health practitioners and particularly employers must make a mandatory notification in some limited circumstances. So again, in this situation, if you're ever unsure of how to approach it, you can always give us a call and we can have a conversation with you about it. Great to know. And Hayley, I've loved working through those scenarios because while we wish we weren't faced with them, there will in reality probably always going to be some ethical challenges in pharmacy. And it isn't always easy to know what to do. So it's great to know that PDL are there to help. How can pharmacists be better prepared to navigate the ethical challenges through proactive measures and awareness though? Look, first and foremost, make sure you're across the legislation and the regulations of the state or territory that you're practising in. These are the underpinning rules that provide guidance on what is permitted. In a situation that is more grey, like the ones that we've touched on today, it is important um, to look at the situation and exercise and balance your clinical judgement, common sense, while also considering legal, ethical and professional implications. Some of the documents that it's really important to be familiar with is the PSA Code of Ethics for Pharmacists and the Pharmacy Board's Shared Code of Conduct for Health Professionals and the SHPA documents. If you're unclear about what decision to make in these types of grey situations, we would recommend firstly reviewing these documents and you can always reach out to PDL for further advice and support. While we're unable to specifically advise you of what to do as each pharmacist is an independent autonomous health practitioner, we can certainly discuss the situation and step through the guidelines together and discuss it from there. Hayley, great chat. Really interesting, especially those tricky scenarios that you spoke to. So thank you for that. If people want to learn more about PDL and, and how you can help and support them, what can they do? Where can they go? Well, PDL members have access to the PDL member portal where we have all of our practice alerts and our other publications readily available on there. If there's any more challenging situations or you need specific advice, please contact PDL on 1300. 854 838 and that's a 24-7 service that we provide for incident management um, but if you're just after a query you can call during business hours and we can support you further. Excellent. Hayley Smiley, Professional Officer at PDL. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your advice and expertise around risk management and ethics in community pharmacy. More than welcome Daniel, thank you for having me. At times, pharmacy can be as challenging as it is rewarding. That is why we have people like Hayley to provide support and advice during difficult or tricky situations 
and to ensure a situation doesn't get worse than it needs to be. A big thank you to Hayley for sharing her expertise and shedding light on what happens after an incident report is made. If you ever need assistance with a situation yourself, you now know who to turn to. I've been your host, Daniel Loyston, and you've been listening to episode 135 of the PBCN Podcast. The PBCN Podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.